My start of my artistic journey started in university, my last year of law school, decided to apply to art university. Um, I, I just wanted to see if I could get in because I had always been very passionate about art and I was really missing it. And um, then I got in, it was very surprising and that's kind of when the, the, um, uh, the feeling settled in that this was really what I was going to do and that, that, you know, that just kind of threw me into it and I didn't really look back. Um, I'm in my second year now of uh, university, fine art painting, and um, my current practice is very much inspired or kind of like informed by um, my own experience as a child. So um, in terms of like memory and imagination. So I come from an island called Curacao in the Caribbean. It's next to Venezuela, off the coast of Venezuela, next to another island called Aruba, another one called Bonaire. And uh, what's very um, kind of like the characteristics of the island, what really stands out is the colonial Dutch uh, architecture, uh, which is kind of paradoxical because the buildings are obviously they represent a very violent past. They represent colonialism and and imperialism. And uh, but then these these buildings are literally painted in all these different bright colors. So it's that was one of the first things that as a child that like really stood out to me and uh, it had a very big impact on the way that I kind of saw like aesthetics as well because it's what's also very powerful about these buildings is that it stands out um, uh, it like really juxtaposes with the nature the nature is uh, lush but it has also dry desert quality to it so it's very like lush and tropical and uh, yeah I, I think that that type of those two things next to each other with also the sea and the nature. You have like all these little reptiles uh, that are like, that can be like turquoise in color or like orange, the fish as well, that kind of really spark this magic kind of like uh, this, yeah, the kind of also mystical in a way. And uh, that was something that to this day, I still try to explore. I a lot of my work is actually, um, it depicts things that I've seen before, but then it's like reimagined and it's always playing with that idea of memory and kind of creating these settings. Like for example, this painting that I made, it's completely like, I, it's not really based on anything that like, uh, like I didn't set up something to like as a preparatory step to make this, I just drew it. And then I kind of like let my imagination like run free and think about like things I've seen before and kind of create like a story. Like although it has like no specific concept, it's really inviting people to look into the the mind of the artist and show you that like on the canvas, like anything can be created, any type of world can be created. And yeah, it's very introspective, but yeah, it's, it's difficult when it's an introspective piece because a lot of people are not going to get it maybe immediately. But it's it's I think that's kind of the the romantic thing about like memory as well. Like it's not something that everyone shares. Like we don't share the exact same memories, but we can try and share it to people and, you know, invite them into our world. So, yeah, <laughs> that's the way that I see it, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and other references. So I was talking about like paradoxical before. So I like um, art movements like, uh, or literary movements like uh, magic realism and an art movement, for example, surrealism. I like that idea that, for example, in surrealism, there's that idea of like the subconscious um, 
kind of completely taking control and against like it's not going uh, uh, with any type of conformity like it's just letting your mind free and then all these type of like like strange like ideas come together and become a creative expression and I find that very fascinating because I try to do that a lot with my paintings as well I take things that have like for example pots and I put them together with like a chair or like a table it seems very mundane but then the depiction of it tries to be very like illogical very like with these different patterns textures and colors uh, in terms of magic realism uh, being Caribbean, so close to the Latin America as well, um, magic realism is a very uh, like um, how would you say it like a, an occurring type of theme in everyday life. Like there are things that happen that seem like mundane to people there, but like then if you look at it again, you're like, oh, that's actually kind of crazy. Or like, for example, I felt like that with the nature as well. Like it's very like, and then with the buildings, you know, it's. Uh, it's it's so it's so paradoxical. It's so it's very mundane to us, but it's actually very fascinating. And uh, yeah, I guess another thing that I should say, I used to live in Rome as well. So Rome also kind of triggered that um, kind of idea, that early interest in exploring that idea. Um, what I find very impressive about Rome is that you have like ruins everywhere, right? And like. The people there, like, you know, when I was living there as well, I would kind of forget that the Colosseum was there. Like, there would be ruins, like, like right, like, next to you as you walk down the street. And that's, again, that kind of magic realism quality that it's so mundane to the people there. But it's absolutely magical, like, if you, yeah, look, step, take a step back and look at it. So that's kind of what I try to, like, you know, explore in my work right now, at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, that portrait, actually, I made it before this piece. And actually, what was funny about that portrait, it was a university assignment. Um, the way that I interpreted the unit, I wanted to talk about my artistic journey because, again, like, I feel like my journey into art is quite paradoxical as well. Like, I did a law study before, and law is a very, you know, like, rigid. It's very, like, uh, there's specific things that you have to learn. It's very structured. And then going into art, which is completely unstructured, felt kind of scary to me. And it, it feels kind of unsafe. I feel like humans, as humans, we like to have a bit of structure. It's a comfort zone. It's like a little bubble. And uh, that's kind of the feeling that I was trying to explore in that painting. Like the vase, for example, represents kind of that fragility. So a vase is obviously like if you knock it over, it breaks. So it represents like, um, how do you call it? Uh, like I said, uh, fragility. And on, on the other side, you have the light bulbs, which were inspired by a life drawing session that we were drawing a person once. And like the, there were like these big lights looming above it. And I just only ended up sketching the lights. And for me, what they symbolically mean in that painting is kind of, well, yeah, lights, that there's like a, a future, like there's a balance between fragility and also wanting to go a different path. And then the um, kind of the checkered board, like that's around it, kind of represents like the, the change of states. So between like states, basically. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's a very powerful piece for me, like in terms of also like how I want to express myself. Um, I I still ve feel very unsure as an artist. I think it's very like I think it's very hard to always know like who you are as an artist because you're always changing. You're always in like a different um, also stage of your practice as well. You grow along your pieces. It's a very introspective, very personal journey, and 
what I liked about this portrait is that it kind of like took that snapshot, like kind of also like a memory for me of that moment in time in my first year preparing for my first exhibition. And this was kind of like the first piece that I finished. So it has a very powerful uh, meaning. And I feel like the colors, I kind of really wanted to go crazy. I wanted to kind of make it seem like, hey, I'm here. Like I have a voice, I'm an artist. I come from a completely different practice, but you know, this is what I've been bottling up for a while, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> this piece is called Viridis, and um, basically what I try to do in my paintings is that I try to commit to certain colors sometimes so that I can explore with kind of the versatility and the dynamics, like how many shades you can create and how you build it up. And um, so, yeah, um, I'll start with the chair. The chair is actually a furniture piece that my parents own and uh, they they love a lot of like chinoiserie and they, they're like me, they love collecting things and they're also very artistic in the way of their like choices, furniture choices, fashion choices, whatever it is. And uh, what I kind of, what reference I looked at for the chair alone, um, I really like how Van Gogh paints like the way how he outlines like he uses bold colors to outlines outline like structures and it really makes a pop and kind of come out of the canvas so if you like if you were to step closer you can see like a very like like faint like um, combination of like dark blue like ultramarine with like light blues and then that melts in together with like the red and it like really makes that structure here with like the wood details like pop out and then as we move on upwards into the painting, in the middle we have a table. So I looked at um, um, just like, honestly, a malachite, I believe it's called malachite, which is like a type of like stone similar to emerald. I wanted to also play a bit with texture. So I applied very thick like strokes of paint. First I did washes of paint and then applied thicker stroke, like um, uh, uh, thicker layers of paint. Um, again, we have the recurring um, kind of like checkered kind of board like vibe going on on the edge like the outline of the table uh, which creates like a nice break between the upper part and the lower part um, the lower part we have uh, like a copper so I was looking again like at combining like the green so the malachite with the copper um, kind of table foot um, one of another reference for that is like when I was in Vienna a few years ago and we saw the Hofburg. The Hofburg has like a was a has like has a roof made out of copper and if it like I think I guess because um, it's so old it has oxidized so it looks completely like a different shade. It looks very green and vibrant. So I was trying to kind of imitate that kind of like soft green and like melted into like the kind of flower detail, the metallic flower details that I was trying to create. And that kind of, this part then mirrors with the organic aspect of the painting, the flower vase with the flower and the, the leaves. And then, yeah, I try to be a bit more dynamic in terms of my shapes, like in the handles. So you have two different handles, but they still complement each other. There's, it's still tying in all these colors together and patterns. The vase itself, I have made a painting before of this vase uh, that I just kind of imagined. Um, I've been actually exploring uh, pottery a lot since last year. Also in my portrait, as you see, like I have a, a, a vase that my partner gave to me. Uh, it's standing like right there. I can show it if you want, but yeah, should I get it? Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> Perfect. So 
as I was saying, so I've been exploring pottery over the past few years. Again, just a random object. I just kind of wanted to see what I could do with this very like basic mundane looking pottery based on Greek, you know, ancient pottery. And uh, I've been like making lots of studies and like exploring how like these, these ideas can like morph in my head and how the simple objects can play like a different kind of like, uh, like character in my paintings, like subjects in my paintings. And uh, yeah, this is the nice, uh, yeah, I've just been exploring that. And then this is another like recurring shape that I do a lot in my paintings, which is based off like a leaf abstraction. So I also, I had like a very weird phase where I was painting leaves and like abstracting it, just, just to like play with the idea of pattern making and, you know, creating like a visual language. And uh, then, yeah, as we move on to the right side of the painting, this is actually an Easter egg. So that's another thing that I'm currently exploring in my work. Um, I like creating like references so that if you go to other pieces of mine, like there's a, a consistency. So it doesn't matter how you like hang them up like differently or like if you put them together in different combinations, there's always a visual narration and it's guiding the viewer to like recognize things and you know yeah it's also again playing with the idea of memory and kind of like juxtaposition as well so yeah so this is based actually on a painting called the boxer which is a life uh, inspired by a life drawing session that we had at university a class this is a piece called inversion which i recently exhibited at spiral galleries alongside veritas and um, this was actually part of a coursework assignment that we had to do in preparation for our final, well, the end of year exhibition at Copeland Gallery in Peckham. And uh, there was no like strict briefing. Uh, it was just, we just had to make a piece that basically continued, was a continuation of the practice that we've been exploring since the start of the academic year of the first year. And uh, I chose to do a self-portrait um, again. And um, yeah, it was it was it was very different to make a piece knowing that it was going to hang in a gallery, especially knowing that it was a self-portrait, which is it's a bit you know you feel a bit like vulnerable. It's a, it feels very exposing as well, and it's obviously it's making a bold statement as well. And that's really what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to crack myself out of that comfort zone of always making um, uh, uh, self-portraits at home, but never really showing it to people. So the concept that I went with with this painting was to really like capture that moment of like the, the type of experience that I, I'm going through as an artist, becoming an artist and what that means stylistically, also in terms of technique and also what it means in terms of emotion as well. So I'm going to start with describing the painting. So here we have like a very kind of crazy uh, composition going on. We've got the subject in the middle of the painting and then we have a vase in the left corner and then here we have on the right side we have like these bright uh, uh, lights basically with like made with gold and the light bulbs are actual kind of uh, the leaf abstractions that you can also see in the coats and on the vase. So I'm going to start with the vase, the left side. So I chose to do a vase, to depict a vase, because I was making lots of studies of vases throughout the year. I was trying to get, the concept behind that was just to get like a blank, like a very mundane object and then kind of play around with the like imagine, imaginative kind of variations that it could look like. And um, so I decided to use this um, uh, here, 
um, I painted it red and the reason why I chose the color red and also a vase is because it's meant to kind of represent fragility and kind of that it's you know vulnerable if it's knocked over it's broken and red obviously it's like a color that usually kind of like uh, uh, means like danger or kind of like you know that it's something is a bit scary as well um, and then I juxtapose that, like I put that in contrast with the emerald green background, which then nicely transitions into um, the linings in the coat and the, the face shadows as well and the jewelry. So there's always this constant repetition happening. Then we have the checkered outline. So um, the checkered outline is kind of represent, like, mean, like meant to represent kind of my journey from law to art. Law is a very rigid, very strict type of practice and obviously like a square it like it's it, it's kind of you know it represents that kind of like law like very like boxy and kind of robust in a way and that nicely transitions into the middle of the painting where you have the kind of the boundaries between this side of the painting and that side as well in the middle we have the self portraiture again as i was saying playing with the shadows I want to keep it realistic, but also make it fun enough by using the emerald like colors and the repetitiveness of it. And um, you have also the blue outline that I always use in my paintings now, whether it's a vase, an object or a person, it's really meant to bring the subject of the painting out, you know, so that it's obvious to the onlooker, the viewer, to be like, okay, that's the main subject and everything else is composed in a way to tell a story about that object or that person. Um, so then, yeah, now we move on to the right side of the painting. We have the light bulbs. Again, it's very, if, if we look at my other work, it's also a repetitive kind of like symbolism happening. The boxer, for example, uh, that I showed before, um, we have the light bulbs there as well. And that is meant to represent um, uh, kind of like the light, like kind of the, the bright side of things, looking, going into the future. And so, yeah, and then you have that very nice, it's meant to be light and like it's a bit more abstract. But what I like is that what I made sure to do is that you have kind of like the gold kind of like reflection on the cheek and like the, the dramatic lighting of the skin, like it's like flashing. So it's it's very it creates a bit more power also in terms of like that it's naturally meant to be like light and um in combination together i think it's really nice because then again it's, it makes it a bit more obvious that it's just me going from one stage to another both sides are scary the law side kind of letting that go uh the comfort zone going into art which is also very comfortable because it's a passion of mine but it seems much more unpredictable and uh, yeah it's, i've just really tried to capture that feeling and i think it was it was very insightful and very in, in introspective as well so yeah this is uh yeah inversion oh and the last thing that i want to mention sorry i was meant to add a qr code so that was meant to be above um, the vase, like very small just here. I want it to be deliberately smaller so that it kind of like got lost into like the checkered uh, uh, detail of it. But if you step closer, you're kind of forced to be like, oh, wait a minute, that's a QR code. And it's very instinctive nowadays. Everyone knows what a QR code is. You can pull out your phone and that if you scanned it, it would lead you to the digital 
uh, version of the piece. So it's again playing with that whole idea of duality, creating more works, a work within a work, embedding data into an art piece. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it because of time constraints and it was a very tight deadline, but the idea is still in my head and I'm looking very much forward to exploring it in the future. This is actually my uh, earlier work, so before I seriously started my artistic like journey. And uh, here you can really see that after like four years of like not doing any type of art, this style is suddenly emerging out of the blue. And um, I just took a shot and tried to go back into portraiture and kind of see what I could get out of it and what's, how my piece itself was informing me in terms of elements and themes that were emerging, also uh, techniques as well. So this was done in acrylic gouache and actually this inspired me to do a series. Um, so this is the, pic the paintings that I made afterwards. Uh, the series is called Kiriakos 1 and 2. Um, so this is one of the first ones that I made. Um, here, this is a cardboard cutout on canvas, and this is all done in acrylic. And here, again, what I was saying about Klimt, I'm trying to look at how space can go together with a subject, even if like it's like just a floating head. How does that create conversation? What type of uh, styles, how can they harmonize together? Because here you have a more realistic type of style, and this is way more uh, expressive and playful and a little bit more abstract as well. So it's, it's created a very interesting contrast, and this is one of the most important pieces for me as it has informed most of my works afterwards. This is the second piece that I made that's part of the series. Uh, this is Kiriakos 2. Again, cardboard cutout, but this time without putting it on a canvas. Uh, again, very simple, looking at how realism uh, plays in juxtaposition with more kind of like psychedelic elements. Uh, I don't like to use the word psychedelic, but um, there are some elements that I find quite interesting and, you know, they can create like a type of illusion as well, like what I was talking about with um, uh, uh, Escher. So this could... The, the viewer could question themselves, is this like water? Is this like a type of velvet? Like what is going on with the t-shirt and how does that work together with the portrait? This is called Dutch Spring, which is also part of a series. Unfortunately, I don't have uh, the other piece with me, but this was kind of like a, a study, but also a piece itself. Um, so this is, again, I'm, I'm trying to explore this idea of like paradoxes or that it's like, uh, um, um, how do you call it, like juxtaposal, how would you say? Sorry, my English is not great. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm exploring paradoxes in a way because obviously um, Holland is a very, it's like a more northern country in Europe. And um, this looks very Caribbean, like, or, or also a tropical lush, inviting. It's not colors or like plants that you would usually associate with such a cold country or such a slightly northern country. And um, yeah, so I actually made this during the pandemic in 2021. Um, for my portfolio and uh, I this was a study that I did in my garden and uh, I just decided to kind of play around with this idea of like making it very uh, kind of contra like like contrary to what it is supposed to be um, with playful lines and textured acrylic and the flowers itself are in acrylic gouache so that you have like this very opaque type of powdery like texture to it and yeah so just playing with the leaves as well and 
focusing more on the shadows and kind of the structure of the leaves rather than the exact details. And by playing with those shadows, I created these different colors. And so it's it looks more abstract, but you can still kind of tell what it is. And yeah, the title itself, I like that it was called Dutch Spring because people can look at it and be like, wait a minute, that doesn't look too Dutch. <laughs> but yeah, it creates that conversation. So, and again, another piece in my early artist career. So yeah, that was, that was this one then. And then we're gonna move on to kind of the portraiture that has been emerging in my work. So um, again, this is also from 2021. I decided to go a little bit into portraiture and uh, this is the first time that I actually did a study looking in the mirror, so looking at myself while drawing, which was very difficult. I think it's always kind of, it's easier to draw other people, but to draw yourself is always a little bit more, it's it's weird, you know? You, you notice different things in your face, and yeah, you, you see yourself also a certain way. And yeah, so I, I really played with um, kind of the clothes that I was wearing. So uh, I, I created all these different like kind of uh, like shapes and in, com in combination with the background, the tiled background and then the abstracted leaves. And that just ties it all together into a, a visually interesting, at least like what I was trying to do, uh, uh, piece. So yeah. And uh, actually, we'll move into digital work after this piece and after this one. Um, so this is a self-portrait that I made actually, I believe, yeah, last year as well when I started my university. So again, same uh, idea, looking into a mirror and drawing myself took lots of hours, but it was very interesting to also try out a black background for a change and just white, because usually I'm very colorful. And this was also great to just study pattern making and texture making and making it like kind of like uh, playing with illusion and having these hairs coming out of the fibers coming out of the clothes and then repeating those elements in the hair for example I have very curly afro hair and here it's more exaggerated and playful and the shading as well and it creates this perfect balance and of course the strings and the little circles is kind of meant to like show movement and kind of like this continuation of time and yeah so ties it in together nicely <laughs> this is dutch spring the first piece that i made in this series and this is um the actual painting that i used this for um, and uh, it's very different it's a bit more organic a bit more realistic and um, since I was already experimenting on the other painting with texture, here you can really see how I'm like using thick layers of acrylic paint to create this more realistic texture of the leaves. Um, in real life, it's actually very glossy. It looks like uh, the actual coating on a leaf. And here you see very subtly, like closer, you see the, the mix between the whites and then also the greens, and then it just beautifully transitions to the other leaves as well and yeah this is actually one of my favorite parts of the painting you have like kind of that Van Gogh little technique there the swirls and the the dances between the textures and shapes and yeah and then you have the flowers as well so yeah that's uh it's very it's too different they look very different but it's funny how the same idea can inform two works very differently and uh, yeah this was a very exciting piece to make and the texture has also obviously my other works it has that con con continuation of like exploring that is very uh, obvious in my other paintings so yeah <laughs>
So that's one of them. Uh, now I'm actually going to move on then to the um, digital work. So I talked about these two before. So um, I actually, for this piece, so I have it right here as well on my um, iPad. So this was the piece that I made, um, uh, the self-portrait. So this is the, the, the actual physical like drawing and painting. And in here, I actually used... I photographed it and then retraced it on the iPad and I tried to change the colors and kind of change the effect, kind of simplify it in terms of colors and but then keep the composition the same. And uh, this was actually very uh, inspiring because I thought the colors were brighter in a black background. It was stronger. It was more interesting to look at. And again, here I'm playing with that whole idea of like duality and inverting the idea of like inverting pieces and kind of putting arts and technology next to each other. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about other pieces that I made. So uh, this was the, the first digital piece that I made called um, A Study of a Room. This was actually featured in a magazine this summer with Artist Talk magazine issue 20, I believe. And um, this series basically explores like mental health uh, during the pandemic. So I was, well, the concept behind this series is that I was um, stuck in this space for, um, uh, like I think for like seven months and uh, this was the living room actually and uh, what's so funny about that is that the living room is meant to be like a comforting space it's where you go to like sit with your family or socialize with your friends where you go to watch tv you know so it's a very comforting space but it became more like a cage eventually so it's exploring that whole idea of like cabin fever and kind of how being in a space like that also changes your perspective of things. Obviously, the cut, like the space itself, does not look like this in real life. But uh, just having, like, being in stress as like an artist and trying to kind of express that feeling, it's it kind of expressed itself like this uh, through digital art, and it was kind of a, it was very surprising to see how that kind of worked hand in hand. And um, yeah, I did this on Apple Notes. This was my first digital like attempt ever so this is the, really the first one and uh, I couldn't like I couldn't really like zoom in or anything I had to work on a fixed scale with like fixed colors and it was just I, I it was a very hard exercise but it worked out perfectly and it's it's really important to my development right now and my practice so yeah um, some other pieces I can show you. I had actually a very brief NFT career. So that was kind of like the first like art job that I did with um, this uh, uh, international group called Most Famous Artists like, Community. And it was like a group collaboration. Um, we were all online doing this. Um, and yeah, so our, for, for this project, we had to depict Beeple, who was, uh, he, he sold, I think recently for 69 million, an, an NFT piece with like Christie's, I believe. So we were kind of like celebrating like kind of like cultural icons, you know, kind of like how Andy Warhol would use like icons, pop figures. So that was kind of the idea behind this. And again, this was done on Apple Notes and we had to make our own depiction of Beeple and, uh, I made this version and also an inverted version. So again, playing with that idea of inverting things, what type of results can you get? Uh, what type of dialogue does that create? If you would put the two next to each other, you know, what type of mood would that evoke? So yeah. And then some other digital works that I've done, for example, Botticelli's study, um, 
I really, this I did this on Procreate, so it was a bit easier to like go into details. For example, if you go to the hands here, you have like the, like the fingerprints. And if you go to like the eyes in the subjects, it's very like detailed and it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was a, a lot of uh, experimentation that I've never done before. And it just works together so nicely. The hair as well, the flowers on a black background, the negative space. So, and then obviously I love fashion a lot. So playing around with those fibers and, you know, like reimagining the painting in a more modern light was quite fun. I'm also very much inspired by Andy Warhol. So again, that whole idea of using icons, he was very much inspired by religious iconography. And then he used, you know, like these pop figures as like, you know, a way to like make them pop icons and, you know, kind of religious icons of our time in a way. And um, I, I was inspired by a piece that he did of the Venus, the, the silkscreen printing of Venus uh, using Botticelli and like his whole idea behind that was making a kind of Venus, Botticelli's Venus, like a pop icon by using these crazy colors. And so then I experimented myself with that with a Botticelli piece as well and very satisfied with the result. Um, other works I could show you to kind of like wrap this up, I guess, this is one of the most like recent pieces that I did, digital pieces. Um, I've started to also look a bit more at abstraction and also at uh, Russian constructivism, so like Kandinsky. And uh, I kind of made like, a, I fused pop art together with Russian constructivism, which is again, paradoxical. It is super paradoxical. And uh, I actually use it for a painting that is unfinished, which I'm like working on right now. Uh, again, putting together two canvases, I copied it on, a canvas and then I made a portrait of my partner and again you have that realism in contrast with the playful abstraction of everything and yeah it's just you you see that it just it keeps developing itself the work it's just it's just continuous <laughs> my journey with digital art was very spontaneous my parents got me an iPad for my my birthday in January of last year and um, yeah, I just started to immediately kind of explore the iPad. I was curious, you know, my parents also got me an Apple Pencil. I opened up notes, had no idea what I was doing, discovered that I could draw on it. And uh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was working on a fixed skill because realistically, like when you're working with a paper or like a canvas, like, okay, you can like, you know, zoom back and forth, like with your body, you can like, you know, look closer or whatever, but you can't like also, you can't do that either, where you can like zoom in physically with a piece of work. So um, I, it was just very instinctive working. Um, I just treated it like a piece of paper really, or, or like a canvas as well, just directly onto it. And um, the way how it has like, like how it has been um, like, added into my own practice is that it made me realize like, okay, I can use this for uh, lots of different reasons, digital arts. I can use it to make pieces. I can use it to make preparatory work or conceptual work. So it's been interchangeably used like that in my work as well. So um, for example, um, like the, the portraits that I showed before. So I used the painting as a like a preparatory work, but then the digital work becomes kind of like the final work and then together they become two pieces. Um, 
then in terms of the other piece, so the Kandinsky kind of, you know, pop art fusion with Russian constructivism, that was first a preparatory work, but then that became a painting, two paintings next to each other. So it informed one painting and then it became more of a background element and a kind of like detailed element in the clothing for the other, port for the portraiture painting. And uh, so, as you can tell, it's always interchangeable. And since that journey starting the digital art, uh, uh, the first pieces that I made, um, it's become kind of like apparent to me, like, okay, you can combine technology together with art, either if it's just to do preparatory stuff or just to actually make a work with it and fuse them together in a way. And I believe in really pushing the boundaries of kind of the materials that we have today. I mean, artists before were very much limited by the materials that they had. I mean, I'm sure Botticelli, like in, in the 1400s, you know, those things, the materials had to be exported from other countries. You know, a lot of those materials were not even the discovered until then or available in the market. Um, uh, very limited, obviously. And nowadays we have such accessibility to so many different resources, whether it's actual physical materials or whether it's technology, not only for informative purposes, but to also actually make art with it and push the boundaries. And uh, that's why I kind of find AI technology art very impressive right now. And it's big kind of like reference for me. I don't want to do exactly something like that, but it's interesting to see how people work, collaborate actually with scientists or like coders or, you know, engineers to make these works possible. Like Refik Anadol, for example, um, Turkish artist has made incredible generative AI art. Um, also computational arts is very interesting. I actually did a course in my university last year where I did an introduction to computational arts where you have to literally code. So you have to know a bit about math and binary coding. And it gets very technical, but it's really interesting to explore your like kind of resources as an artist in this time period. And yeah, combining it together with other, you know, inspirations as well. For example, fashion, which I'm very excited to start exploring next year as well and seeing if it could be combined with technology and art as well. I'm actually very excited for the future. I think, first of all, I have to start making way more pieces and stop being so shy and insecure about it. When I um, exhibited at Spiral Galleries, these two pieces together, uh, just seeing it on a, in like a gallery space, two pieces together, it really kind of got me thinking as an artist, like, okay, like, how would my other pieces look like? What type of like uh, conversation do I want to create with the audience and with the art pieces? And for the future, I just kind of want to keep like exploring like these these like a logical collection of objects and like the portraiture as well. I think that figurative works and por portraiture are very interesting. Um, I find people very interesting. So, um, and I like kind of combining it with settings. So like how I did these two, the portrait with the, the still life. And my, my dream for, for, for now is to create, just like be able to fill up a room where I can like, have, like create this setting of like lushness and color and kind of dynamic shapes. So that's, that's really what I'm trying to focus on right now. It's kind of still working with what I'm working with right now and just expanding it. 
Another idea that I had as well, I'm really interested in the intersection between technology, art and fashion as well. So I've been kind of exploring QR codes since last year and like this idea of embedding data into a piece. So for example, for that painting right there, the self-portrait, I was meant to put a QR code above the vase, but because of time restraints and deadlines, I didn't, well, I wasn't able to do that. But the idea was to have a QR code painted on there so that it kind of leads you to the digital version of the painting. So like it creates like a duality. And again, paradoxical, like is, is this, what I wanted to make the, my intention for that piece was to kind of make people question like is this technology or is this like an art piece because if you embed data into an art piece like you know so and it's also to create like more worlds like what i'm already trying to do creating different settings and you know i also kind of like that repetitive element but that it's always just a bit different so yeah so yeah and in fashion as well i really like fashion i'm thinking of also combining textile with like painting literally as well so for example doing the portrait of someone like in oil colors but then the clothes and like textiles and like you know tufting it on the canvas so yeah honestly i just want to explore like my creativity i feel like since i haven't done it in years i think this is like an excellent time to just throw myself into anything